Welcome to the Voices in Japan podcast with Ben and Burke. The situation with the coronavirus continues to be very serious around the world. Here in Japan, as many people know, and as reported in the international media, the Tokyo Olympics have been postponed officially at least until next year. And the governor of Tokyo has advised people to remain at home this weekend and has warned that a lockdown of the city could be coming in the future. On this episode, Ben and I briefly talk about the situation up in Sapporo and how it's affecting our daily lives. And then we get to the main topic of the episode, which is a discussion on common myths about Japan. That includes whether or not it is difficult for overseas travelers to find their way around Japan, whether or not Kobe beef is the highest quality beef that you can get in the country, the best time of the year or season to visit the country if you want to make a trip to Japan, and much, much more. Thank you for always supporting the podcast. Please remember to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, share us with your friends, and even consider giving a donation to the show through the link in the episode description. All right, on to the show. How have you been coping with coronavirus? Has it really affected you? It doesn't seem like... Me? It's affected you too much, yeah, because you're still working. Lacking. Working? Yeah. Uh, well, working, but actually uh, where I'm working, uh, we have pretty strict restrict, <clears throat> pretty strict restrictions. <laughs> yeah. Um, like nobody's allowed to take the subway to work. Really? Yeah, so we're actually uh, using company cars <clears throat> and taxis, and uh, there's like all of this uh, – the uh, president has like prepared all these like uh, masks and wipes and everything for people to use wow. if uh, they want to. Nobody's worried about it too much. So nobody's actually using much, but like as soon as you get to the office, wash your hands and stuff. And uh, I mean, we are being very conscious about it, but yeah, n- nobody's allowed to do, uh, use a subway and we're about to go back to using the subway, but we're going to uh, shift working hours and see if that actually uh, like there's less people on the subway by shifting the commuting time. Right, so starting a little after off-peak time. Exactly. Or, or starting at off-peak. Yeah. yeah, so in that sense, it's affecting me. But, uh, I mean, other than that, nothing too directly. How about you? I've I've actually done a bit of a 180. Like, you know, before I wasn't, like, worried about it at all. Remember, like, yeah. I mentioned probably a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't worried, but now... I've been getting more and more worried about it. So I've started wearing a mask on the subway. Ben is wearing a mask, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. But not not because of I think it helps so much. It's more of like being, uh, you know, showing face to other people so, so other people won't worry so much because a lot of, especially in Japan, some people kind of, you know, if you're not wearing a mask, they, they're like accusing you of not taking the the thing so seriously so i remember going to costco and uh, you know i said i was the only one like not wearing a mask and i just felt just people just looking at me judging me i guess so every time i take the subway now plus plus you look like chinese yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. so they probably think i'm chinese as well so i'm not wearing a mask yeah yeah. 
So then, yeah, so every time I take the subway now, I wear a mask and I try to avoid taking the subway as much as possible. But that's quite hard for me because I live quite far out of town. So I'm avoiding going into town. But I have noticed that generally in Hokkaido or Japan, people are becoming a bit more relaxed about the situation. So I see more people out and about, young people, old people. Yeah, especially even old people seem don't seem to be so worried. They're just going out. Um, yeah, I went to like the bookstore the other day and it's the busiest I've ever seen it. And I kind of went in there and felt a bit, a bit anxious. And then, you know, we were talking earlier about jujitsu and yeah, I've kind of decided to take a break from going to the gym or going to the dojo just because jujitsu is probably the, the best way of getting, <laughs> getting the virus. There's no way about avoiding it if you go into a jujitsu gym, I think. Yeah. I was rolling with somebody the other day and, uh, I was underneath them and like sweat like dropped right into my eye and I was like, this is not good, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm worried about that a little bit too. My wife's not too happy, like I said, about me going up to the gym either. But the other thing is like, just like you were saying, uh, things that kind of picked up again in Sapporo, like uh, from our apartment, you know, we can kind of always see like how many uh, cars are lining up to get to into Sapporo station, uh, the parking there. And like for the uh, a few weeks, starting from a few weeks ago, like there was no cars, even on the weekend, which is really unique because it gets like packed. But uh, even last weekend, uh, it wasn't as usual, uh, the usual long line that there normally is, but uh, there were a bunch of cars lined up. So it's kind of people in Japan, uh, yeah, it seems like they're not as worried or definitely not panicking. Like I posted that uh, photo on the Facebook, uh, the Facebook group of the uh, supermarket and it was just like full stock of toilet paper. Yeah. 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 Everything's back. It seems like, you know, no one's panicking about food anyway. Like, like back in England, there's no tin food. There's no rice. There's no pasta, no toilet paper. Japan never really got to that point. It was only toilet paper and face masks, hmm. but like food wise, it's always kind of been fully stocked. Like, why do you think that is? I think it's cause Japan's kind of used to going through, uh, disasters disaster situations and they kind of know like when they should really start to get worried and get panicked like even a couple of years ago the big earthquake that happened in Sapporo you know uh, definitely did, people did panic during that point and were trying to buy stuff as much as possible but the supermarkets were kind of rationing out how they were selling uh, items uh, because at that point the logistics was kind of uh, interfered with so it's difficult to restock items but i think japan kind of has a sense of when they think they need to panic and nothing has set that off yet because they're not seeing like an exploding number of infections being confirmed but that's probably because they're not testing as well but yeah yeah you know. and also schools are starting to open up again so i think this this week some schools were staggering the grades like when they're going back and uh, the state of emergency has been lifted for Hokkaido, which uh, which is probably a good thing. But yeah, like who who knows? Like if they if it's really if they've got it under control, they seem to have it according to the media. But um, but then the rest of the world is kind of just starting to get into you know into the, the full blown crisis. Like England is really just starting to kick off where where kind of japan was pretty probably about two weeks ago like they've only just started to close schools um they're advising people not to go out but they're not they haven't uh said that there's a state of emergency yet um but i think that's probably going to come pretty soon maybe even the next week or so 
Yeah, I mean, everybody knows in the U.S. too. The U.S. is uh, definitely across that tipping point right now, and it's just a matter of uh, how bad or uh, the situation can get with people worried, and then also like, will the uh, healthcare system end up getting overrun a little bit? So, are, are you less worried about it from like the beginning, like a couple of weeks ago? Are you have do you feel like uh, we're kind of getting over it at the moment? Like, I was never too worried about it. Uh, just cause I didn't want to get too worried about it because I figured that would probably lead to panicking and stuff. Um, so I've just kind of stayed even keel about the whole time and just try to be really cautious as much as possible. <clears throat> Obviously the biggest thing for us is if, uh, like, uh, one of us gets infected or if my wife gets infected, we're not too worried about the, uh, health repercussions, but we're worried about, we got to stay home for two weeks. We're going to have to take our daughter out of nursery school for two weeks and she's going to get cabin fever staying home for two weeks. And of course, on top of that, we don't want to be carriers and, you know, infect uh, elderly people or people who are at risk. But uh, yeah, I've never been too worried about it, but um, I'm just, I am definitely taking as many precautions as possible. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I uh, But it's kind of surprising to hear that you've kind of switched a little bit. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just being a lot more precautious. Like before, I wasn't really doing anything. But now I'm washing my hands every day, sanitizing, uh, trying to avoid groups, you know, avoid large groups, avoid contact with people. It, yeah, it's, it's weird, like how my mind is just like switched all of a sudden. And even like um, the other day, I like met a friend and, you know, he wanted, he, he sh shook hands, but even though I was a bit kind of nervous about like shaking his hand. Yeah. Then afterwards yeah. you're like, maybe I should go wash my hand. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then like, I always, um, I'm a little bit worried about shaking hands with my friends. Cause you know, most of my friends are foreigners and it's quite common for us to shake hands when we see each other. So I'm a little bit apprehensive. Like before I meet them, like, are they gonna want to shake my hand? But I don't know, should I give them a, you know, a, an elbow bump or something like that? But then they might just think I'm overreacting. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just shake their hand. But I, ne I never go and shake their hand. I, I kind of wait for them to That's go first. first. I don't, to be honest, I don't think anybody would find it too weird now. I did meet like a foreigner for the first time the other day. And uh, he was like, oh, I guess we're not supposed to be shaking hands now. So he like just stuck out his elbow. And I was, yeah, so we just did the elbow bump. So I, I don't think anybody will think it's strange or weird or look down about it anymore. So I think, yeah next person situation where somebody extends their hand i might just say oh maybe we're not supposed to be shaking hands now. Yeah, so, yeah yeah I might, I might have to go about doing that because i've met a yeah a few new people recently and all, all shook their hands <laughs> yeah so i guess they weren't too worried about it and they were a little bit older too like i met some older people like in their kind of 60s but they didn't seem too worried about the coronavirus i don't know everyone might be thinking the same thing like why do we just shake hands man <laughs> yeah. so. but then like straight after i think we everyone like sanitized their hands <laughs> <laughs> like, shake hands turn around pull out the wipe wipe your hand yeah so uh what are we talking about today we are talking about some common japanese myths yes and we are going to discuss them whether we think or from our observations whether they're warranted or not. Yeah, how legit are these myths? And we've, uh, I guess, found a lot of these on a couple uh, articles. Yeah, on yeah, one from uh, boutiquejapan.com. I think that was written in 2019. Mm. Um, so they, they, they write about nine common myths in Japan. And uh, there's, there's a few that are, 
that we've covered before in previous episodes. Like, for example, do all Japanese people eat sushi? So that's uh, that's one of the most common ones, which uh, we, uh, yeah, no, 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 Japanese people don't all eat sushi. Yes. But we, we chose uh, some myths that maybe not are not as commonly thought of as uh, common myths or, or ones that we haven't covered anyway. So... Yeah, let's begin. Uh, let's begin with the first one. Um, it's difficult to get around if you don't speak Japanese. What do you think, Buck? I've heard like different things about this. Like I've had somebody come here uh, from the U.S. and they were. This was a few years ago, and they were like, "I can't believe like none of the signs have like English on them." And uh, so he was actually pretty surprised, and he did feel like it was difficult to get around. And uh, but they've actually increased the number of English on the signs since he was here, uh, because again, tourism was booming so much. Uh, but for me personally, like uh, I don't think it's actually too difficult. You know, even in big cities, like um, especially now, they're they have people at the stations that are helping people buy tickets. But isn't that because? You can speak Japanese and you can read Japanese. Well, I mean, but I'm saying it's uh, it's they have people there hel- helping non-English speakers now, ah, like right. even at Sapporo Station, they have and, uh, people like at the JR, at the JR gates and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, um, and even downstairs, for, like the subway, uh, there's mm-hmm. like a volunteer desk now in Sapporo Station. Like usually, an older, probably someone who's retired, is now there, like helping non-English speakers by. Uh, subway tickets um but what's the myth that it's difficult or it's not difficult it it is difficult yeah it is difficult i will say if you look like at the uh the subway train map like in any station and especially in tokyo or even in sapporo or even the jr map like it's very hard to figure out and there's so much kanji and other stuff even if there is english that it's very easy to get lost so i would say some of it is actually probably true about that myth, in my opinion, especially buying tickets. Yeah, I remember when I first arrived, so about 12 years ago, 2000, when was that? 2000 and, when is 12 years ago, Burke? <laughs> 2008. 2008, right, so 2008, and I remember arriving at Tokyo Station, and a lot of their, the maps you're talking about, they didn't have English. Yeah. They no. just had all kanji Japanese, no hiragana. So that was, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't figure out how to get around. And what, what's the busiest station? Like Shinjuku Station, I yeah. think, is one of the busiest subway or train stations in the world. And I got lost there for about an hour, like trying to figure out where to go. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then, and even the, the train conductor or the train staff, they couldn't really help me, like information. They couldn't speak English at that time. So I think since then it's it's improved a lot. Like you said, there's more English. But when I came to Sapporo at that time as well, I found they had more English, like English signs around. So it was easier to get around Sapporo than Tokyo, which was kind of surprising considering Tokyo is like the, the, the center for, you know, international people and travelers coming. Yeah, and it can be intimidating too because if you don't know like how to use the ticket machines and there's people lining up behind you and especially like in Japan, like everyone is very like on schedule trying to get to work or something and you start to panic and don't know which button to push. So there's that pressure there. But not only English, uh, you were talking about in Sapporo, they have like a lot of uh, English now. They also have like Korean and they have Chinese, like all of the subway stations 
the actual sign that shows which station you're at. It'll have like at least uh, the three languages. So anyways, what about this myth? I mean, what's our conclusion? The myth is true. It is difficult to find oh. your way around Japan. Well, a, a lot of people don't speak Japanese as well. In uh, sort of speak English in um in Sapporo, I, I find in terms of like service industries, but they do offer a lot more English menus. Like I've noticed in the last year or so. So I guess they're preparing for the influx of tourists for the Olympics. I haven't been down to Tokyo or Kyoto, those places, but I'm, I'm guessing they're, they're having more English around, but speaking Japanese, I, uh, I think you need, you needed a bit where is it difficult to get around? I would say yes, it is difficult to get around if you don't speak. So that Japanese. myth is true in your opinion? In my opinion, yeah. What what do you think back? Uh well, one thing I wanted to say about like people not speak speaking English. The funny thing about that is a lot of times people do speak enough English, but they just can't be bothered, <laughs> you know, to help out. Which is kind of another thing because yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's on the list or not that you created, but you know, Japanese people always being very kind and everything. Um, yeah, sometimes these can't be, I mean, they can't speak, that doesn't mean they're fluent and they are faking that they can't speak Japanese or English, but they can usually speak enough to help out. Not everyone, but some people can, but they'll just like, they can't be bothered. Cause I've had people at work like talking about it. Like, yeah, somebody asked them and they're just like said that they didn't understand English, but it's more so the case where people are saying that they did help somebody out. So I think in general, if they can, they are willing to help out. Ah, that, so it's uh, almost like another myth that all Japanese people can't speak English when actually a lot of them can. They just can't be bothered. Yeah, or at least enough to like give directions like down the street and turning and, and think, you know, something simple like that. Do, do you think a lot of Japanese people can understand a lot more English than us foreigners think they do? <sighs> because, because like me and uh, like every time I'm, I'm with my friends, obviously we, we speak English, but we, you know, we kind of don't really hold back on what we're talking about too, even when we're around like a lot of people, you know, talking about not very polite things, things that we should probably not be talking about in public. A little and, bit of complaining. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like. And I'm always thinking, man, there's probably some of these Japanese people that can understand what we're saying. And then a lot of my friends are like, nah, they don't understand. They don't understand. But I'm always a bit wary about people actually being able to understand and just not saying anything yeah well i think like one thing is uh, i think most japanese people uh even if they do understand a certain level of english they can't keep up with the pace of like a fluent or a native english conversation so in that sense a lot of times you're safe but uh then other times like be at the bar and just talking and then you know go to chat up like two girls or something and all of a sudden you find out one of them is like completely fluent mm. and you're like what were we talking about before we started talking to these people like, <laughs> yeah. are we saying anything that we probably shouldn't have said you know she, yeah. and then you know, she's like oh yeah i you know went to university overseas or something so right so it's probably best to not assume that everyone does not understand english because there will be someone out there so don't i guess insult japanese people when you're around <laughs> japanese people in english or maybe not even in you know in general maybe it's not a good idea but um <laughs> or talk about people around you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, people do a lot yeah but in terms of this myth i guess my final conclusion would be i think it's possible for your, anyone to get around but i do think there is a certain level of difficulty and uh yeah, just because I've heard people coming over and saying that they have found it difficult, 
I'm going to say that there's a, probably more truth to that myth than not. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to another one. Uh, you got one, Burke, or do you want me to go through my list? I'll go ahead. Um, Kobe beef is the best quality beef in Japan. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you think? I would assume it was, or I did assume it was. Um, but I actually don't know what is the best quality beef in Japan. I know Kobe is one of the most expensive, but I don't actually know what is the best quality beef, but I know it's not Kobe beef. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any single type of beef. Beef, there probably is, has a best reputation, but I, I think as long as like A4 or A5 beef, then they're you know going to be considered like excellent beef, whether it's Kobe beef or not. A4, you mean like this? Is that the size? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the A4 size paper beef. Yeah, uh, it's the it's the beef grading scale. I don't know exactly. Uh, oh, I guess there is actually a Japan. I'm just open something up. Said there is actually a Japan Meat Grading Association oh. that gives uh, grades to beef. But I think this is. I don't know if this is just used in Japan or not because I know a lot of people overseas that are familiar with it. Um, but yeah, especially once you get here, uh, I think. Japanese people all know that Kobe beef is famous overseas, but a lot of them will start mentioning other types of beef that are very uh, um, famous in Japan for having high quality. One of that, um, which is actually the time that <clears throat> the type that we always try to order when we uh, order beef through either, either the uh, Furosato Noze program, where you can uh, get a tax uh, reduction by giving donations to different prefectures or areas of Japan. But this uh, Miyazaki Gyu beef. Uh, which is based on the Kuroge Wagyu. It's kind of like the uh, cattle, uh, what's called Japanese black beef, basically, that are f fed specific diet, just like they are in Kobe, raised and fattened in Miyazaki Prefecture, which is down in Kyushu. So th this is another very famous type of uh, beef in Japan. So, yeah, and it's actually one that I've heard more people talk about, Japanese people talk about, than Kobe beef. Yeah. Oh, well, that's considered better than Kobe beef, or well, again, higher grade. Yeah, again, they don't say it's better or not, but they just say that, you know, it's usually, I think this thing actually says it needs to be above grade four to be considered, uh, or to be labeled Miyazaki Gyu beef. So in that sense, it's definitely at the top of the uh, quality scale, yeah. Do you know uh, Matsuzaka? That is like, considered a similar grade to, to Kobe beef, but uh, but cheaper just because of the the reputation of it is not as not as high uh -huh. but the quality is just as good so we normally go for that if we're ordering like i've I've never actually had kobe beef before in my life yeah i don't know if i have either i've had miyazaki uh but uh, yeah I don't, uh, yeah i don't oh actually i think i have had kobe beef in tokyo before so all these are like wagyu's right like, yeah like japanese beef so i mean are there like lower grades of wagyu because like in in England, usually they don't say like you can go to a Japanese restaurant and they don't say like Kobe beef or Matsuzaka beef. They just say Wagyu. So when English people hear Wagyu, they automatically assume it's like a high grade of probably Kobe beef. They're, they're thinking, mm. but they just say Wagyu and it just encompasses all of those kind of beefs. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same in the U.S. too. People know the word Wagyu, and I don't think it's as famous as Kobe beef. But um, interestingly enough, they're saying for this Miyazaki Gyu beef, the best way to eat it, eat it is actually steak. 
uh, and just so that you can just uh, sear the outside of the of the beef. Uh, the umami, as they say, will be trapped in the meat, which uh, umami means the taste of the beef, obviously. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. So, so Kobe beef is the best quality beef in Japan. True or false? I'm going to say false. Mm. I, I think I, I I agree, even though I've never tried it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to another one. Um, Should I say one? Yeah, yeah, you go for it, Burke. Okay, again, this is uh, taken from uh, the website uh, boutiquejapan.com. Boutique? Boutique. 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 It's a boutique. Probably boutique, yeah. Uh, Sorry, my English is... uh, Unless it's spelled differently. Is there another? B-O-U. Boutique. Boutique? Yeah, like boutique shopping. Yeah, but I think some people say boutique. Some people in the US that have butchered it, uh, like me. Uh, but from boutiquejapan.com, um, another one is that, uh, what is it? Hanami season or cherry blossom season is the best time to visit Japan. And of course, this means when the uh, sakura flowers or the cherry blossom flowers are blooming. Big, uh, always a big topic in Japan. They always put out a map on the news uh, showing the expected blooming period for each area of Japan uh, all the way south up from the southern part of Japan up through Hokkaido. And uh, this is also actually a big topic right now because they're saying like, can people go ahead with cherry blossom parties because of the coronavirus? Mm, like yeah. maybe they shouldn't be gathering. Has it, has it started yet in some places? Yeah. I think they were saying actually even in Tokyo, it was like uh, they're getting some of the earliest blooms ever. Uh, yeah, it's like 20 degrees down there or something. Yeah, so that must mean that it's actually already started in places in Kyushu as well. Wow. Um, but, the, yeah, so this usually means like a period from mid-March up through, uh, we're in Hokkaido, we sometimes get it up through uh, late uh, April. Um, or is it late April or actually Golden Week? So Golden Week, yeah. yeah so uh, I, uh, middle of May sometimes, maybe just like second, third week of May sometimes in the latest, usually a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah, so is this the best time to visit Japan? Uh, what do you say, Ben? I uh, I think definitely no. I think it's the worst time to travel around Japan, especially just because everyone is traveling. Everyone wants to chase the cherry blossom, and it's just crazy packed everywhere. Trains, hotels, prices go up. So I think no, it's, it's definitely the worst time to travel in Japan, or one of the worst times. Yeah, I would agree. And even for scenery as well, like springtime, it's a great time of year, you know, the nature is coming back to life from the winter hibernation whatnot. But I mean, the city is just not as clean as it is during the summertime. Uh, It's just Sapporo though, right? Yeah, but even, I mean, in any area where you're coming out of winter, you know, uh, but definitely in Sapporo, yeah. I mean, spring, like everybody complains about springtime and, and especially Hokkaido because all the snow is melting. And uh, this, so the streets are just like all slushy and dirty, and there's a lot of leftover. Uh, what is the stuff they put out on the roads? Like kind of gravel or something? Some kind of black, uh, black salt, right? To... Well, I don't think it's just salt because I think the salt would like eventually melt. I think it's just some some in some cases it's just like gravel they put, and all that is still like you know is melted. The snow is melted away, so that just remains and eventually come with these big huge uh, streetcars to sweep it all up um 
but yeah, and so in that, and in so, sometimes you still have some cold days. Uh, so I, my actual favorite time and time that I recommend for people to visit Japan is uh, during the fall, and that's、mm. actually when we had our wedding as well. I think especially Hokkaido. Like, well, I I kind of disagree about spring being the worst time. It's the worst time in Sapporo, Hokkaido, for sure. Okay, but I think down south, I think spring is very nice, like down in Tokyo, because it's like twenty degrees. It's not humid.、Um, there's cherry blossoms around, but. As as long as you're not around during cherry blossom season, I think it's it's nice. I think the the season with like all the crowds and everyone just packing the parks, trying to take photos. I think that is the the thing that I don't like about spring down south. But yeah, in Sapporo, it's the it's the weather that I don't like about spring. Okay. Yeah, I mean, cherry blossom season is definitely like something amazing, and. It, I mean, there's amazing places where you can go, like anywhere in Japan, or many different places in Japan to see、uh, really great cherry blossoms,、uh, or the cherry, the cherry blossoms blossoming, <laughs> the sakura blossoming.、Um, so it is definitely something worth seeing. But is it the best time to visit Japan? Just like you're saying, because of the crowds and the difficulty to travel,、uh, that's annoying. And then, yeah, if you're like me. Uh, talking about Sapporo as well, like just in terms of the weather and everything, and the beauty in the city, it's definitely not the best.、Time. The problem is, it's like that is the only time you can see the cherry blossoms, so it's like a catch twenty two. So either you ever see the cherry blossoms, but there's going to be crazy amount of people, or you don't see them at all because they're there for a very short period. You know, like usually, especially in Sapporo, you have like a maybe like a, a week window of seeing the cherry blossoms, and once you've missed them, that's it; they're gone for another year. Which I think that's why they're so special, right? Like people just want to see them because they're 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 so rare, and they're not around for a long time. Yeah, and just seeing and、uh, the best time or the most poetic moment to catch is when they're falling from the trees and symbol of that shortness, the short beauty. I mean, anyways, we've seen Last Samurai kind of famous <laughs> scene, but yeah. But I think if you. Especially if you live in Japan, we're fortunate that we don't have to travel around to see cherry blossoms. But for people coming into Japan, yeah, I I would recommend if they did have to come to Japan and they want to see the cherry blossoms, go somewhere which is not so touristy, not so crowded. So avoid Kyoto, avoid、uh, what's that big park in Tokyo that everyone goes to? Ueno? Is it Ueno Park?、Uh, maybe. Yoyogi, Yoyogi, Yoyogi. I don't know. It might be. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, Ueno is a big、yeah. part, but I think Yoyogi is the main one for the sakura. Yeah, where everyone、that. goes to have the cherry blossom parties. Yeah, and this is. I was just double checking, and this actually says that、uh, both Yoyogi and Ueno are two of the、uh, best places to see cherry blossoms in Tokyo. So both of those parks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how how they turn out this year. Uh, here's one. You can use Wi-Fi and credit cards everywhere. What do you think about that one, Buck? I think it's、uh, I think it's getting better, but especially like five years ago, we would always have people coming from overseas for business meetings complaining about how inaccessible Wi-Fi was in Japan.、Um, even at hotels, like、uh, I, I mean, it's not this way now, but、uh, five ten years ago. You couldn't connect to the internet unless you had a LAN cable. <laughs> like they, a lot of places wouldn't have Wi-Fi.、Uh, 
uh it's gotten much better now uh out in public uh i think it's gotten better you can actually rent sim cards and and get plans as soon as you arrive into the city to get connected but uh yeah what do you think i think yeah i agree with you it's definitely changed a, a lot a drastic change in the last year or so especially with credit cards like um was it last last october they they changed to the cashless payment system so ever since then they've really pushed yeah using less less cash um a lot more place accepting credit cards uh yeah i noticed in most restaurants now they offer free wi-fi so i think in the last couple of years it's definitely changed so probably now i guess not everywhere but it's definitely changed but what i'm, I'm really surprised about is some of the big chains not accepting credit cards like uh Toriton, sushi restaurant oh really they don't no they're conveyor belt sushi restaurant i think they're the only one that i have been to that don't still don't accept credit cards wow and i'm wondering why do they have do they accept other forms of cashless payments did you notice or not no they just said okay. cash only oh wow yeah yeah like uh when i go into uh taxis uh because uh from the time of the tax increase in october we've mentioned this before but They've uh, started to give incentives to people who are using cashless payments. Like you can get some cash back in some cases through uh, certain apps that you use. I think it's going to be limited for like a year, year and a half. I can't remember the exact time frame. Um, but uh, whenever you get into cab taxi cabs now, they're promoting like the different uh, forms of cashless payment. And I'm trying to decide which one we may start using. So I'm always asking the drivers, uh, you know, are people using these and which one's the most popular? And they're all saying that actually most people are still just using credit card. In uh, taxis, what what other forms of payment can you use? Like uh, there's it's, like cashless, whatever. What kind there's of different whatever. apps called like PayPay. There's uh, one popular one. Uh, to be honest, I'm not. I don't remember the other ones besides PayPay off the top of my head. Do what? What ones do you use currently? Oh, uh, right now we're just using credit cards. Still, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We haven't too. started using any of them yet. And you, and there's a what five percent cash cash back that you can get if you use those. What what was that name of that episode that we talked about uh, the tax system? Oh yeah, consumer tax hike troubles was the episode. So if you want to know more about the the increase in in goods prices, the tax increase from eight to ten percent, and actually, Berg, you were mentioning before that they might be changing that. Yeah, it's been the idea has been thrown out there to reduce it. I mean, the people on the extreme are saying they should go to zero. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, Japan. I mean, especially the Olympics are canceled. It's going to be interesting to see what types of policies they're going to try to introduce to address the situation. Because, I mean, we're probably already in a recession. It just hasn't been become as evident right now. Mm. And if the Olympics get canceled, it's going to be a deep recession, perhaps. So, do you think? Do you think they will drop it back down to eight percent? I think they might do. I think it's out of the not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially Abe, like his uh, approval rating has been suffering big time and uh just for the sake of the party and everything i think they're trying to see what drastic measures that they can take mm. uh so so the conclusion on that one is uh not everywhere but it's definitely getting better what is uh, another one you had on that list because i think you kind of went through it beforehand yeah i have a You'll offend everyone if you don't learn Japanese etiquette. Uh, I think you will offend a lot of people if you don't learn Japanese etiquette. 
Like even I get offended sometimes. I'm not even Japanese, and I get offended when I see tourists behaving in a in a kind of a, a bad way that they're not adhering to the local rules and customs.、Mm-hmm. So that annoys me.、Um, but and I think. Japanese people, like my Japanese friends, they complain about tourists a lot too.、Uh, so yeah, I think you defend most people. This is、uh, kind of an interesting thing because I don't want to throw any but any anybody under the bus, say too much. But it's kind of similar to what I was saying earlier. I think there are some Japanese people who are just like think it's beyond hope for foreigners to understand Japanese etiquette and.、Uh, So in that sense, they're just like shogunai. Like they like if a Japanese or a foreigner does not show proper Japanese etiquette, then they'll just think that it can't be helped.、Um, but、uh, on the other side of that, like I think it's kind of rude on their part to think that it's impossible for foreigners to really understand what good Japanese etiquette is.、Mm. I mean, what do you think? Do you think a foreigner can show good proper Japanese etiquette? Or do you think it's true that it's impossible? I don't. I don't think it's impossible, but there are a lot of tourists or foreigners that don't even try to learn the Japanese etiquette, which I think is more important. Like trying to learn the etiquette rather than just, you know, I think if they try, then people won't get offended so much because, yeah, they. I think Japanese people appreciate efforts, whereas it's clear. That a lot of people don't even bother doing any research before they come, and they don't consider、uh, locals and how they feel. So, yeah,、uh, what was your question? Well, it's just like whether it is possible for a foreigner to learn Japanese proper Japanese etiquette. I mean, I was kind of talking even about the extremes where they're even talk they're、uh, referring to people who like have been in Japan for ten, fifteen years, and they could just never they'll never be able to get it. Is the opinion of the Japanese、mm. people an interesting question? I mean, I think for us, it's hard to know what is、uh, proper Japanese etiquette. Anyway, we can only assume or try to attempt it. But whether whether we're doing it right or not is, I guess, it's up to the Japanese to decide as well. Yeah, let's、uh, maybe mention some of the common things that、uh, foreigners foreigners or travelers could do、uh, when they're in Japan to maybe show. Uh, better Japanese etiquette. For example, the obvious one, probably everybody knows about, but you're not supposed to wear your shoes indoors.、Mm. Uh, that's a very simple and easy one.、Um, one that we've brought up many times on episodes is,、uh, you know, just things that have to do with respect to elders or speaking very politely、um, to、uh, people who are your senpai who are older than you. Yeah. What are some other things people can keep in mind? I think a sp- Especially on public transport, is、um, n- you know giving priority seats to older people and、uh, people with children,、um, pregnant women, because that that still happens now. Like on the subway, I, you know, it's it's obvious that the tourists or the foreigner can't read the signs because. But then the signs are they have them in English now. <laughs> Yeah,、so、there's almost no excuse anymore. Yeah, I, well, I just think people who maybe even aren't used to riding a subway in general, they just don't know that there are priority seats on subways, even in foreign in places outside of Japan. But it's something to keep in mind. There is going to be a priority seat in your car, so and they're usually a different color, or they have signs on the window behind the seats indicating that it is a priority seat. I think I think that annoys a lot of people. 
Like it, it annoys me as well, but I know it annoys a lot of old people that should be sitting in those seats. They always give like dirty, dirty looks at the the people that don't abide by those rules. So I just wonder if like those people that do sit in those seats, if they really don't know or they're just ignoring the rules. I think a lot of time maybe they're just ignoring because they'll probably never see no these people again. It. Yeah, yeah, and there's nobody there. Yeah. Um. Actually, probably a lot of things have to do with subway that Japanese people get annoyed about. Not just about foreigners, but about um, other Japanese people as well. But there's a lot of like unspoken rules on the uh, subway, and there's actually a lot of spoken rules, but they're just not enforced with penalties or anything. Like you shouldn't really eat on the subway. You shouldn't really uh, talk on the cell phone on the subway. Um, you know, when you're lining up for the subway, you should kind of do it in very orderly fashion like Japanese people do. So, yeah, having having your bag to the side of you or in front, like if you've got a backpack or something or a big bag, or put it on the floor between your legs. So being uh, conscious of space, I think, is a big thing. Yeah, and we went over like a list. They put out that list every year of uh, how to behave on the subway, and we put out an episode. Uh, that Don't was do about that the on the subway. It was called "Don't do that on the subway." Yeah, yeah. that was a that was a one of our early episodes. I remember. Yeah, and it I think it referred to like the list from like two years ago or something. So it's but it's always the same types of things that are annoying people. So you have traveling to Japan. Uh, maybe you could check out that episode as well. So the conclusion: you'll offend everyone if you don't learn Japanese etiquette. I think you'll offend the majority of the population, but not to the point where people will start yelling at you because <laughs> usually Japanese people are pretty reserved about it. But yeah, they'll just hold it in. They'll just build up that uh, that pent up aggression, and then one day someone's going to explode on the subway or something. <laughs> it's going to happen. Don't don't be the person that sets them off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think we've we've gone through my list. Yeah, I've exhausted my list. You got got any other ones, Burke? How are we doing on time? On time, where we are about that time actually. So maybe uh, maybe we should wrap things up on this episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. If you uh, if you like the the show, if you like the the podcast, you can support us by clicking the link in the description, payable through PayPal or your credit card, or you can. Um, check out our social media content um a, a really good way of supporting us is leaving a comment and rating on uh, apple podcast slash itunes five stars preferably and a, and a positive comment so that will that will really help and support us and boost us in the rankings and more people will be able to find us or share us with your friends or people you know that may be interested in japan um, yeah, you, that that would be a great way to, to help us out. Yeah, and leave some comments there on the Facebook post. It's always good to see uh, what people are thinking uh, about what's going on in Japan or the posts that we're putting up there. And maybe even for this episode, too, if uh, some people who are in Japan or have traveled to Japan, uh, some of the things that they've noticed after they came here and, and uh, feel like maybe those were some of the myths about Japan that are not true, they could post some information about that as well. And if there's anything uh, you think or you've found that we've, uh, we're wrong about, any kind of stats or our opinions you disagree with, yeah, let us know in the comments and, you know, we can uh, start, start a discussion. Yeah, Stop we can respond to that. <laughs> no, we're wrong all the time. <laughs> so do not use us as your news source, please. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening.